Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1289, air date August 7th, 2023. All right. Are we ready? It's my pleasure to have Dr. Shiva Ayaduri here on Macroaggressions. Hi, Dr. Shiva. Nice to meet you. How are you? Great to be here, Charlie. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'll tell you what, you're a systems engineer. Let's talk about the United States as a system. Do you go in and fix this clearly broken system? Or have we come to a point where it's probably better to build a parallel system, a different system, one that's better than the original version? Yeah, so let's talk about this from, you know, there's system engineers and there's something called engineering systems, two different fields. Um, systems engineer is a noun. Engineering systems is a verb. Um, and it's relatively a new field. It's called engineering systems theory. So how do you actually engineer systems? Okay, large scale systems. Systems engineers still focus on, let's say, a motherboard or part of a car, right? But when we talk about systems, we're talking about like the transportation system, right? Or the healthcare system uh, or the supply chain system, right? Logistic system. So it's much more, at a, it's, it's a system of systems problem. In fact, there's journals on this. So anyway, but to answer your question, um, the, 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 there's a number of people who say, okay, you know, everything sucks, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a parallel system. And the thesis is that you can create something parallel of this massive gargantuan system. And um, in some ways, the elites want us to do that. They want us to spin our wheels. Let me give you an example. You take something like Whole Foods, all right, or Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, if you go look at that as a very interesting distribution system of food, food distribution system, um, the amount of technology, the amount of millions and millions of man hours that went into creating that beyond just any one individual is quite extraordinary, right? Which is um, operation, uh, operations theory. There's a lot of mathematics of how do you move, you know, in, in, in a, if you've taken a finance course, you'll take an operations research course. You have a truck and you want to move it from here to here. And there's many variables, the weight of the truck, shipping costs, sales taxes. How do you do that? Right. And you can do these OR nonlinear problems. That's just one example of the technology that Amazon solved. Right. And then you have to go figure out how you organize workers and how you do customer service. Right. Packaging, inventory, da, 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 da. Right. These are systems of systems that they figured out. And all of these were not done by anybody. They were done by people us, we the people, right? right. So, so, however, this immense amount of technology has been used to not to liberate people, but to subjugate people at every level. So the bigger question to really ask in, the, so, I mean, I mean to, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you the long answer, but let me give you the short answer first, because it's important, is that simply thinking like we have, I know a lot of people, oh, I'm going to go start my own farm over here and do my own thing, right? Or I'm going to go off to Vermont or I'm going to go start my ashram, right? And if you look at many of these people who try to do, and this is, this is not something that's new. People have tried this in the 1800s, utopian societies. 
There's a long history of this. There's, it's well written about. Um, many 99.99% fail because these systems are still living in this ecosystem of this larger existing inertial system, right? No different than if you take a big aquarium and you're a fish in there and it's, let's say the aquarium is polluted, it's not being clean, and you think you're going to go create your own subsystem over here. It's frankly impossible to do these things. That's why people have talked about a systems overhaul, right? Um, yeah. How do you seize the means of production that were created by the people, originally for the people? And this has been the age-old question across, and, and um, so the quote-unquote, the liberal approach, the reform approach is to say, look, we don't need to perturb the whole system. We're going to just do our own thing over here. We're going to try to tweak it, right? You know, if we get this person elected, something will change. Right. So instead of hitting on the straight thing about, hey, we need a systems overhaul, we actually need to get rid of these people and we need to have us, the people, operate these systems, which which is now you're talking about a quote unquote a revolution. Right. Or what I would call in my book a phase transition. So people don't want to take on that problem. And so people try to skirt around it. OK, so even if you read the work of something like Marx or Adam Smith or Thomas Paine or any of the quote unquote revolutionaries, um, the issue of, and, and by the way, many of the people I've just mentioned at, at the time, some of them were well-meaning, some of them, but most of them were philosophers. They didn't have access to engineering system science to talk about this, which only came out in the late twenties or with the work of, you know, my work is more recent, you know, um, and the, previously to that, probably the work of Ilya Pogroni. But if you look at the lineage of this, the concept of really understanding systems, the dynamics of systems is very, very new. Um, probably the earliest was in 1920s by the work of Norbert Wiener and Claude Shannon. But it's it's almost as though you want to build an airplane, but you don't have Bernoulli's principle yet. So you're going to ultimately fail. So you say, well, I guess I can't build an airplane. But when you figured out Bernoulli's principle, overnight we created airplanes. You could talk about having electricity and lights in your home. Maybe someone never even envisioned that. But when you solve Maxwell's equations, you could have that. We could talk about wireless communications. It may be magic to cavemen, but we do it. And this is because of Maxwell's equations. Who would have ever thought about this, right? That we would have this and we'd be communicating people with the speed of light. So today we think that, you know, the concept of a systems overhaul of an existing power structure is impossible, right? We shouldn't do it right? You can't do it. So we should just go start our own farm here, or we should do these parallel systems, but they're all going to fail because the immensity of what's been created, and it's a $600 trillion economy that operates, the level of um, interconnections that they built into our own physiognomy, you know, sorry, our own physiology, right? Um, we're all part of this. To say that you're going to isolate yourself um, is frankly it's not going to happen. You know, it's, 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 I mean, I could do the math on it to show you why it can't happen, but there's a much greater possibility if we awaken the particles in the system to have a systems overhaul. Now, in order to do that, we're not going to be able to do that, Charlie, without having a, a physics to it. Just like we could dream all day we want watching birds fly. But up until that point, we got Bernoulli's principle, flight was seen as impossible. I mean, think about motors and wireless communications until Maxwell or Faraday actually did most of the work 
you know, he was a working class guy. Maxwell got all the credit, like many things uh, we'll talk about. <laughs> that happens quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a reason for that. We should talk about that. Um, but, um, you know, these guys do not want a systems overhaul. So everything that they do, the intelligentsia, the academic education you get is all about trying to say, oh, you can't do that. That's impossible. You can't do that. And that thinking pervades, quote unquote, liberal elites. And for, for example, the woke conservatives and the woke uh, liberals are the same, you know. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is, I think that is not the right approach. It's almost trying to subvert looking at the problem head on and trying to solve it. And what we have done here, my work has been to solve that problem. How do you do a systems overhaul that's effective? How do you create movements that can win and, um, you know, create that kind of momentum and energy to do that? It's physics in many, many ways. And that can only happen once you understand the relationship between the pursuit of science, truth, uh, freedom, the ability to pursue science and health and the interconnection of all these three forces, truth, freedom and health. And these are fundamentally forces in system theory. We would call them transport, conversion, storage the transport of information, matter, and energy, freedom, the conversion of things from one form to the other, all sorts of crazy ideas that you apply the scientific method and you come to something called truth. That's actually a conversion process or the structural aspects, the infrastructure of something, which is what your health is. Now, these same three principles actually show up in ancient systems of Indian medicine and they were called Vatha, Pitha, Kapha. So I've actually discovered um, the science of creating a systems overall, which is fundamentally a part of system science. So that's been my journey. And we have to hit that head on. Look, if you look at when, uh, if you want to talk, take a quote unquote, if you look at when Marx died, Engels said the worst people in the world are Marxists. There's a reason for that. In Lenin's work, State and Revolution, he points out the fact that these people are using Marx, never wanted to at that time, at the time of the Bolshevik Revolution, these people called the Kautskyites, they thought, well, you know, we don't really need to get rid of the czar. He's a nice guy. There's some way we could hang out with him and fix all this shit, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't want to hit it head on. So, you know, many of these thinkers, was it John Locke or was it Thomas Paine or was it Marx or was it Lenin? You know, I've read all these guys they were retrospectively very good in their analysis. Prospectively, they made, made some, you know, looking into the future. But Lenin's analysis in State and Re Revolution is quite profound, where he talks about that ultimately the goal is why does the state exist? Why is it between us and the dreams that we have wise government exist? Now, John Locke had said government exists to ameliorate, not to ameliorate, but to make all of us come together, the social contract, right? Right. You're going to have all different kinds of people and we're all going to get along and government's going to make sure we all come together. Lenin took a very different approach, which I agree with. He said government, the state actually exists to perpetuate these contradictions. You have a big army and a military to make sure 0.1% can subjugate the other 99.9%. And the classic liberal model comes out Locke's model, which is like, oh, we're all one big family. It's all bullshit. There isn't us versus them. And so instead of acknowledging there's an us versus them and recognizing there's 8 billion people, the us, and there's 1%, 600 billionaires who made, you know, $2.3 trillion during the lockdown 
under the aegis of Trump, who delivered all that to them, um, instead of acknowledging those people, we think we're going to sort of, you know, play with these people. It's not going to happen. It's a it, it's it's a, it's an equation that never works out for the rest of us. And you can see what's happened between 1900 and 1970 when people actually built these bottoms up movements in the United States and worldwide. As the U.S. GDP grew, you know, the U.S. GDP grew by, you know, went, uh, you know, explosively grew during that period. That's why a lot of immigrants came here. Everyone's wages grew from the first, second, third, fourth income quartile. But during that period, by the 50s, the right wing and the left wing got together and they cut the legs off bottoms up movements. They branded them all communists or socialists as though being run mm -hmm. by Russia. And all of the the lefties, the Kennedys and the Sanders and the union guys took over all the unions. They weren't organic bottoms up movements. So by the time the 70s come in to today, there's maybe been only 2 million people who struck on the streets. Prior to that, there was 150, 200 million people who would go on the streets, vibrant bottoms up movements. And now all of that's been destroyed. And if you look at it economically between 1970 to today, the first and income quartile wages have gone down like this. Mm -hmm. And if you take the, the area underneath that curve, do a simple calculus, which was actually done by two very good researchers, and you calculate all that's around $47 trillion that's actually been transferred to the elites. So the first and second income quartile have actually funded, there's been socialism, socialism for the super elites, like Elon Musk. Yeah. Right? So these are the facts. Bottoms up movements win for people. When you have no more bottoms up movements, people lose. And that's what's been going on. So everything we're seeing in front of us, Charlie, is to brainwash people to not take the bull by the horns and build a bottoms up movement. And that's what we've done. You know, I wanted to take that bull by the horns since I was four years old. Is that how do you create these bottoms up movements? What are the physics? And um, our movement, our university, our technology, Truth, Freedom, Health is figured this out. And just like you have a university where you study civil engineering or you study mechanical engineering or you study, you know, aeronautical engineering, we've created a university how you study liberation engineering or revolution engineering or systems overhaul engineering. And that's what needs well, to be done. It, it's fascinating you say that. And since we're talking about Bolsheviks and, and everything, the problem, one of, one of the problems that they faced was that they took over all the factories. They took over all the manufacturing facilities and they shot the managers. They shot the people who well, knew yeah, how to work so, it. Yeah. So I think we, we should. Yeah. So let's go We need back. to keep some of them around <laughs> this no, time no, around. So you're, you, know, you know, you're asking a very good question. Look, let's just sort of, since you're bringing this up, right? The first time the concept of a worker comes into being is probably around the 1600s. What's a worker? You know, a worker is someone who gets, he does work and he gets paid a salary. That's called a wage slave, right? Prior yeah. to that, people didn't get, a, they weren't workers, they were serfs. They were given a yeah. piece of land and you you were given under the aegis of a king, right? You farm that land, you, you may give 30, 40% to the king, you got to keep the rest. Prior to that, we were hunter-gatherers. Now, so the concept of the working class, which means you work for a living and you get a wage, really comes into being around the 1600s. The first time that, group ever asserted try to get their liberation they weren't slaves right they weren't serfs but they were workers meaning they're working in a factory was during the paris commune um the french and german prussian armies were killing each other in a, you know the franco-prussian war and in paris 
the workers say, wait a minute, this is fucked up. They seize control of Paris. First time that ever occurred. Now, right. they only had power for two months because what happened was they were, you know, they, they were figuring this stuff out. But if you look at those two months, it's quite extraordinary what they did. They changed rules, laws, all in favor of the vast majority of people. But the French and Prussian armies were so scared, they were killing each other. They marched back into France and they put down this workers' revolution and then they went back to fighting. So that was too much. Priorities. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? The second yeah. time this occurs is in the Bolshevik Revolution. Now, what was interesting here was everyone is expecting the next big workers' revolution that's going to occur in Germany because it was the most industrialized nation. All right. But um, Lenin in Russia tries to accelerate that. They were basically, they only had 5% industrial working class in Russia. Most yeah, of it a lot was, of illiterate a lot of it, it was peasant class. But Lenin's thesis was he could do that. Now, independent of Lenin, there was already self-organizing that you know, so people were striking, the army was, there's all these workers' movements sort of bubbling up on their own. Now, the concept of Leninism was that he was going to have a vanguard party, right? This concept of a top-down movement. And they would organize these workers against the czar. The problem was that Lenin actually was successful. When I say a problem was, um, there were these bottoms up movements coming, which if anything, they took the top down approach, interesting enough, instead of doing the catalysis of bringing up more bottoms up workers, leadership bottoms up, they did the, they did the top down approach and they were actually successful. Now, what should have happened after the Bolshevik seized power? So during the period of 1917 to probably about two years, there were enormous real stuff. Like uh, Lenin's model was you have to transition from this old society to the new. How do you do that? Right. So if you had a very wealthy guy who ran a big factory, you would go to him and say, look, you're making $100 million. Your average worker is making $10 right, per year. So the difference in your wealth is about 10,000 X. All right. How about this? You're not going to make $100 million next year. We're going to let you make $10 million and the workers are going to make X. Right. Because they knew that there would need to be a transition where you would need to educate other working people to learn management skills. Right. If it was truly right. seizing the means of production, it's not going to happen. You have the revolution which seizes power, but you still need to train all these people who didn't have that. And that was a path that they were on, believe it or not. Now, what happened was because they were successful, they got caught in this very interesting, weird environment. Because the day that the Bolsheviks seized power on behalf, you know, and it was on behalf of the working people, over 14 countries tried to invade Russia. They were at the, right, because people were like, holy shit, if this just took, and that's why John Reed's book, 10 Days That Shook the World, is all about, right? Oh my God, if this just occurred in Russia, every worker all over the world said, I want that. Yes. So you had overnight workers parties coming up everywhere because it was like an it was like a bomb went off. It was like the American Revolution went off and everyone said, you know, we want what America just did. OK. Yeah. And this was very dangerous. So 14 countries tried to invade Russia. So overnight, Russia now goes into a wartime mode. Lenin is dying and he was really the theoretician. Stalin was more of a bank robber. He didn't have the theoretical framework for any of this. Right. But he was sort of an operations guy, sort of your ops guy, 
your finance guys now doing the visionary work, right? It, it, that usually doesn't end well. That doesn't but. end well. And, and, and what happened was you have literally countries trying to invade Russia. Now, a lot of people don't recognize 1776 was when the American Revolution took place. There were no freedoms until 1789. For 13 years, it was a wartime economy. We were tarring and feathering people, right? After you seize powers, when the next phase occurs, is called the counter-revolution. The people who just lost power are going to try to come back into power. So for 13 years, the U.S. was fighting a counter-revolution, even in the United States. And I would argue never stopped, okay? Um, so during that period, there was no freedom. It was a wartime model, right? You had military rule. So after the Russian Revolution, you have really military rule because 14 countries are descending on you through every means possible. And Lenin dies. And because of the Bolshevik success, they should have but they couldn't see this, you see. They, again, they didn't have system science, right? So they, at that point, they did what they could do with their lack of understanding of theory. So their thought was, okay, we're gonna use this to seize power, but then what? They didn't devolve power back to what they called the Soviets. The Soviets were the small collectives. Lenin should have actually have gone out and worked in one of the Soviets, but he was there managing state power, you see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, and, and I've read the common term meeting minutes of the first, second, all the way up to the seventh common term. And they have very, very interesting discussions. Like, do we need money? I mean, this is quite a revolutionary period. You know, there's some amazing stuff. They're trying to figure out what do we do with money? But th they had seized power like the Paris Commune, but they didn't have enough time to really sort all the shit out. You have every major power wanting, to, it, it would be like after the American Revolution, imagine every major power wanted to annihilate the United States. Yeah. So that's why. It'd be tough. Yeah. So Lenin, before he died, he made the point that there's no way to do this kind of revolution without it being global. Right. Meaning sure. working people throughout the world have to unite because he realized you could isolate any one country. Right. But, yeah. you know, that lasted, I would say, two years on a good day, 24 months. Paris Commune was two months. This lasted 24 months. But they were weak. They didn't a they didn't have the right theory. B, you had, I mean, the elites were frankly powerful. I mean, they're, they're not weak, right? They're quite strong. Right. So my view is that, you know, I've studied this. I've been fascinated by this from an engineering system standpoint. And from my view, you have to have the right theory. And so I've been in search for the theory. When I wrote System and Revolution, in many ways, it was sort of saying, okay, what is the systems? What are the dynamics of the state, which is a system? And if you want, and what is a revolution? And I came to the conclusion from a system standpoint, a revolution is a phase transition from a system vibrating at one state to vibrating at a different state, right? And phase transitions occur very quickly. You know, like a transistor, right? It goes one point to another point, no different than states of matter. You go from ice to water, not like ice and water don't occur over long periods of time, it's at a particular temperature, zero plus, you get water. At 212 degrees Fahrenheit, you get um, steam, right? And then you go to right. plasma at, at some other temperature, right? So these phase transitions occur at very fast. So phase transition is overnight. A revolution is not something that's extended over long periods of time in many ways. Now, the issue is what do you need to do to cause that phase transition to occur, right? Yeah. And in my view, it is raising consciousness. I mean, there's a reason a lot of people don't study this. I mean, but it's 
It's about raising consciousness. When you have enough people vibrating with a certain thought pattern, that's when a revolution occurs or a phase transition. And that's why I'm a big proponent of it. That's why I believe education is ultimately, uh, my great grandfather was a poor, you know, uh, indentured servant slave. He said, um, you know, revolution is ultimately the education. So my intention is to educate people on the dynamic, which is what I've spent my lifetime discovering teach people this and have them teach other people this because and the, what the dynamic reveals when you study control systems principles is for every goal you try to achieve which is okay i want a systems overall i want a new kind of thing that you know supports eight billion not the few you're going to face a disturbance and that disturbance okay. is what i call it's a two-headed beast the obvious establishment where they use open fascism and then the not so obvious establishment where they create the fake heroes and the idols. And you can go back to the time of Christ, Sadducees and the Pharisees, or in the modern world, people like Robert fucking Kennedy and Donald jackass Trump, right? right. These people are created. I, I'm convinced it's all theater. And I have all, a lot of evidence to show this. That oh, it, I agree. It's pure theater, right? So yeah. they know from they've studied i mean just like i'm studying this and i spent my life they have people over at the kennedy school of government or fletcher school of law they have phd saying how do we fuck over people how do we gather data how do we keep the masses in a box right and that's why um system science is so powerful look i used to teach it at mit the number one institution in the world hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars people pay to go there but i realized that system science is like fire and like Prometheus bringing fire to the earth, you know, system science is what I want to do to liberate humanity. And it's raising people's conscience. And once people understand system science, you're just, it's just obvious that Kennedy's full of shit. You know, he, he's so part of the establishment, you can, it's right in front of your face. And, and then it leads to the conclusion, okay, I get that, what do we do? The only conclusion, we have to now build these bottoms up movements with the historical scientific data looking at what worked and what didn't work. Okay, okay, the Bolshevik Revolution. Okay, what happened that was good? What happened that didn't work? Okay, the American Revolution. What kind of revolution was that? Well, it wasn't a workers' revolution. It was a merchant revolution. But at that period, it was an advancement. Overthrowing the kings and queens was definitely an advance. It was a phase transition. We went from feudal society to capitalist society, right? right? But all of these systems have their own life because they ultimately degenerate because everything in life goes through some evolutionary phase, right? The, yes. you know, the adolescent becomes the adult and the adult goes through senior, all these. So capitalism in many ways, this is a question among revolutionary thinkers is, has capitalism reached its natural conclusion, right? Um, and what's the next phase transition that will take place? Yeah, well, what's the boiling point or freezing point? Yeah. Or the vibrational So this is a, this is a fascinating question. And what the theory reveals is that nothing is destiny here. So a lot of people will ask, well, you know, I'm just going to wait until the shit hits the fan and then we're all going to rise up, right? It actually right. turns out that theory is a false theory. The reason it's a false theory, as you study history, is oppression actually oppresses people. It's not like you pressure people, like you put a dog in a corner and it bites back at you. People actually are a little bit different. They're emotional beings. They actually, their brains, their frontal lobes can go through a plasticity. They can become what's called learned helplessness. They can say, I guess I can't do anything. 
I see how world, bad the world is. So step by step by step. So people are living in a home. Maybe they go out, live outside. Maybe they go back, live in the forest and we start living like animals. And I believe those in power know this. So they know. A pr so just like, you know, this iPhone is an engineering system. It's not like Steve. It's not like we waited one day. Oh, well, look, we now we have iPhones. Someone had to bring together the science, the physics, right? And we had to use the human mind to organize this. So, you know, change actually is organized. Revolutionary change also demands a revolutionary science to understand how you create this change. We're not going to be able to do, you know, fusion without understanding all the thermodynamics that are needed, right? Right. So there's a physics here. Unfortunately, you know, we are dumbing down people. So people don't learn math. They don't learn physics. But math is racist. What's that? Math is racist. Oh, now. Is it? Yeah. We've, been, we've, we've been told it's it's all it's very racist. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's well, it and they also like not only yeah. is it, it science being racist, but it's also we see this event that uh, the answer doesn't matter. People are told, oh, as long as Johnny tried to do the problem, that's all matters. Yes. Well, if you're solving a physics problem and you don't get things right, you're going to blow up a factory, right? You're going to, you know, 99.912 and versus 99.913 may be very different. You know, that one one thousandth of a degree difference may be the difference between a reaction coming together from a chemical engineering standpoint, making something and something not occurring. Right. So yeah. we're, we're, we're we I think once people really understand physics and science, and recognize everything we see in around us has, has evolved because of our understanding of nature. If you're using your iPhone, how many freaking technologies are in here? How many, how much mil billions of man hours of people's names we don't even know, you know, to creating the material science for the glass, right? To creating the acoustics, right? To make sure this worked, to creating the form factors, right? To creating the structural work, you know, there's some civil engineering here, right? The optics, I mean, it's quite incredible. Um, it's th these things did not just happen. This is an engineering system. So, so if we're going to talk about changing the world, we got to put an engineer's headset headset on. It's not it's not going to come out from lawyers. It's not going to come out just from passion. It's going to come out from recognizing their fundamental laws. The good news is I figured out what those laws are. We've created a curriculum out of that, and um, it should be taught in every school in the world. And, and let's talk about schools then as yeah. an example of this, since we're, we're, we, we know that with common core math, as long as three times four can be 11, as long as you can bullshit your teacher and show enough work that you thought maybe you felt like it was 11, you know? And so is that what it is? Kids, is that how it is now? hundred percent. I put really? a quote from it in my first book where I've, I've got the, the head of curriculum for Common Core talking about that at a meeting. She's saying, you know, three times four, we know is 12. But if the kid puts three times four equals 11, as long as they're able to show their work, we're really more concerned with the how and the why as opposed to the answer. And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to have to drive across a bridge at some point in my life. Do I want to drive across a bridge that's been built by an engineer that has a background in common core math where three times four is 11 because he felt like it was 11? Or am I going to live in a world in which we have actual answers to actual questions and it feels like the education system right now is has pivoted from being focused on facts to feelings? Are we investing, are we headed down a path with the education system here in the United States 
that's re- going to require us to make a huge U-turn at some point down the road and kind of get back on track here. Well, what I can tell you is someone, you know, I finished calculus at the ninth grade yeah. and I did a lot of math problems, man. And I busted my butt and I had a chemistry teacher who was a Mr. Walker who won, I think one of the presidential awards. But when I, when he was teaching me chemistry, he was holding down three jobs. He was a school teacher and he was a carpenter and he was a, a general contractor building homes. So there's no other way he could have survived. And he, and he sent two kids to college. And um, so, and he was one of the strictest teachers I ever met. You never bullshitted with this guy. So if, so if you, if the answer to the problem was 99.12 and he said, do it to, you know, X number of significant figures and you put 99.1, that was 20%, 20 points off. Okay. Mr. Walker had, uh, uh, Stephen Chen, I think, who won the, won the Nobel Prize in chemistry, ended up running the Department of Energy as one of our students, right? And Mr. Walker said, you know, when I, he, you know, give a big thing when I created the first email system, he said, you know, Shiva, I thought Stephen was smart, but you were even smarter than him and you worked harder. So the reason I'm telling you this is there was a time in America where we had these amazing teachers prior to 1970, the Department of Education. This, So we saw some of the trail ends of that in the mid 70s. And I bring that up is I was pretty smart, man, but I busted my butt because my mom told me because of where your background, even if you got an A, they're going to give you a C because I had to go through all this bullshit. There was real discrimination, right? I went to school where there was all, um, you know, Jewish people and they thought they were the chosen people of God. And me and my sister were the two darkies there. So I'd had to do a lot better. And, you know, all my friends were Jewish, but they would go to. Israel for summer and they'd come back wanting to kill every Arab. Right. So that was the environment I grew up in. Right. So I had to get like a plus plus to in fact, get an a people do all this wacky cheating. Literally the teachers would, it's a long story. So, but Mr. Walker and people like him were like, you know, very tight. My dad was an engineer, you know, he worked in a chemical engineering factory where one day someone mixed something wrong and bromine air was sent everywhere. I mean, bromine is caustic. It kills you. My dad actually ran in, almost died, and shut the gas off. So I know on a very personal level how the engineering that you do and the math you do affects everyday people. So these people who are doing that are fucking morons. And this is why we have assholes, dickheads like Kennedy and Trump and even this other Indian dudes. See, as I started getting my stuff out there, they had to go find brown guys, if you notice, to put out there. This yeah. idiot, Vivek, and by all accord, a very good podcaster just put this out. The guy went and knew a drug was going to fail. It was already failed, all the clinical trials. He went and bought it, repackaged it up, and then apparently had his mom do the clinical studies of the old studies, which failed, but recast it, and then they did an IPO. So you have best basically scam artists now running the world. Professional scam artists. You'll fit in nicely in Washington. That's what I'm trying to say. But the problem I think they have is we've created a movement. And guys like me were supposed to sell out, Charlie, right? Yeah. And I never forgot oh, yeah. where I came from. And in 2020, all that work we did, I know, 
You know, we are the ones who called out Fauci first. While fucking Kennedy was promoting lockdowns and Trump. We're the ones who expose the election systems issues. We're the ones who expose the backdoor portal into Twitter. And so I want to just mention that what's happening right now is, and this is sort of an important thesis here, is that the elites, the swarm, as I call them, are so fearful of independent innovators and thinkers like myself. Independent meaning, not independent like independent thinking, like an independent journalist. I mean, independent of them. Like we don't owe anything to them. We don't owe anything monetarily. We're not in their clubs. We don't are obsequious to them. That's what I mean. We're not slaves, yeah. mentally, emotionally, financially, anyway. So the elites really hate independent innovators and independent thinkers. Every one of them, fucker Carlson, Donald Trump, this guy Bhuttacharya, you know, they found a bunch of Indian guys, okay? I can go mm -hmm. through the list. Uh, fucker Carlson, Elon Musk, this entire cabal of people are all part of that. And you and I and a bunch of other people, the other 8 billion, right? And, and the leaders that come up from this, the truly independent thinkers and innovators, they are so afraid of us. So the only thing they have to do is make us invisible. So independent thinkers and truly independent innovators must be made invisible because we're not at all paying any obeisance to them. And that's why, you know, I started wanting to do podcasts with everyday independent thinkers because we're not we're not going to say, oh, judge us. Oh, why didn't why didn't Joe Rogan cover you? He should have you. Why didn't love because they're not going to cover us because they're part of that. And they know I know what they're about. And we figured them out at this very quantum level. And so if you take some any one of these guys, take Booby F and Kennedy, really take him and look at him. His words are like a script, right? He's part of this. He comes from the entire Kennedy royal lineage, who yeah. are all bullshitters. The Kennedys are just made up. Camelot, what is that royalty, right? The they're bootleggers, like, you know, like they're every bit as dangerous as the Seagrams guys that were bootleggers too back in the day. Right. The Zionist lunatics that want to rule the world. I mean, I the, I don't trust anybody that comes out of the system. That's the what system. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to say. But these guys merged it with entertainment, Hollywood, and public relations. So they started learning, and this is a craft of the not-so-obvious system, to create fictitious heroes, to make themselves up who are all part of this. And everything they do is fiction. It's all scripted. Kennedy, he had photographers, John F. Kennedy, walking around with him. I mean, this guy had venereal disease. He was a piece of, actually, not a, not a great human being. He, he was unqualified to get into the Navy. Papa made phone calls, got him into the Navy. Then he blows up a ship, multiple ships. He, I mean, he used to do crazy shit. Reckless. Wow. Yeah, PT-109. Even before that, he used to, I mean, he used to drive the PT-109 boats at 100 miles an hour and do U-turns, and he destroyed one of them there. PT-109 was one of the worst disasters. It was caused by him. Wow. And then his father and, and the... Everyone knew it was a blunder. Then they rewrote the story to make him a war hero because the trajectory was he was supposed to be the president. I mean, his entire profile is encouraged. He didn't write that. They had ghostwriters. Then they got him the Pulitzer. Every step is organized, right? And then this guy is the one who brought in Kissinger into the White House. 
He's the one who started the war in Vietnam. He's the one who escalated the war. Then Robert Effing Kennedy, the father of Booby Effing Kennedy, on the floor of the Senate, he says, we must stay in Vietnam. It would be repudiating if we leave. And then they try to brand them as peaceniks, right? Yeah. So all of this is organized. And then you have Booby Effing Kennedy, complete heroin addict. You know, go look at his life, how he treats his, treated his own wife who hung herself. I mean, just go through it. If you just study, you know, he had a diary of all of his conquests. She gets a hold of the diary, wants to kill herself, ends up killing herself. Then Booby has all the press PR come in, takes pictures of him, you know, over the coffin, you know, buried in the Kennedy, whatever graveyard. The next day, he removes the coffin and moves it to an unmarked grave. Whoa. Okay. So none of this is discussed. And if, if they discuss it, it's done as a limited hangout. And then Booby yeah. Kennedy tells you that personal integrity and public integrity are two different things. So again, the not so obvious establishment is completely connected to the swarm. Take a look at Elon Musk. Grew up in apartheid South Africa. His epigenetics are he knows better than you. He's never innovated anything. I mean, everything he's done was a failure. PayPal was, I mean, he didn't create PayPal. He wanted to be on the front page of Rolling Tone magazine. That was his goal. So they, the elites find these kinds of fools and then they fund them. Peter Thiel funded him, right? Pieroma DR funded him. He didn't start Tesla. He sued to be a founder of Tesla. He didn't create shit. And if you look at him, where government ends and Elon Musk begins, nobody knows. SpaceX funded $5.7 billion from government, right? Tesla was going down the tubes. It didn't even have any profitability until they got $1.5 billion from the government for carbon tax credit. So he promotes a climate change scam. Twitter would be should really be worth maybe 1x of revenue. Should be worth around $5 billion. Why is it worth $40 billion? Because they get 10 times revenue. Because Silicon Valley did an unholy alliance with Congress where they said, give us Section 230 immunity, give us indemnity, and we will get a higher valuation than a publishing company. Right? So right. all of these guys are part of this. And I'm probably the only one among any presidential candidate running who's not part of this. In fact, I know everything how they work, right? And that is dangerous to them. And I, and I was just going to say that's that's probably the scariest part. So is that so, if you know how it works, then you know how it doesn't work. That's right. right? You know so so they have to make independent innovators like me invisible. So yeah. they don't like independence. They don't like real innovation coming bottoms up. They don't like guys like me who are educating people why we need to build the bottoms up movement because they know they have their scholars over at the Kennedy School right now. They probably have 20 professors like, fuck, they figured it out, you know, and they have that guy should have been working for us. Why is he over there? Right. How weren't we able to co-opt him in the last 50 years? So the and shit, he's building a movement. Okay. The only thing we can do is because we have to keep the facade that we have free speech on Twitter. So they put me back on after two years being thrown off. But you shadow ban the person. Right. Exactly. So I think that the, the, the net is they do not want independent thinking people ever coming up bottoms up. They must be made invisible. So when I expose the entire backdoor portal into Twitter in 2020, Half a billion people in the world saw all those videos I did. We're the ones who discovered in my lawsuit 
in my federal lawsuit, which we were the first ones to get the first injunction in cross-examination where I represented myself against the state of Massachusetts, we discovered that I was thrown off Twitter because I was criticizing the government for their destruction of ballot images. So the government contacted Twitter using this VIP portal called the yes. backdoor portal. And it was I who exposed the actual playbooks, the actual censorship documents. We told fucker Carlson, we told Glenn Greenwald, who's also part of this, by the way, we told the ACLU, they did nothing. Why? Because I wasn't in their camp, you see? So yeah. they're like, fuck, if we give this guy the limelight, he's independent, but they'll give some idiot like Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger the, the limelight two years later who plagiarize our work because he's part of the left or right. As long as you're part of them, they'll even do exposés, right? Because they have no intention of building a movement, Charlie. Their yeah, I was going to ask, why weren't you, you know, <laughs> you would have been a good a good choice to to jump into the, the Twitter files early on instead we of already did all this. Twitter or files Weiss or Schellenberger. Or Twitter whoever. files is completely plagiarized from our lawsuit. It's been up for winbackfreedom.com. The reason is, it's a CIA technique called the limited hangout. And that's what I came to find out about six months ago. When I saw this, I said, what the fuck? The problem they have, though, Charlie, is about a half a billion people in the world saw my work. So during that 2021 period, we got it out, right? Yeah. So now the wonderful thing is people are saying, wait a minute. Dr. Shiva exposed the backdoor portal and the entire infrastructure, the entire censorship infrastructure in detail. And now you're talking about it two years later and you don't even invite him to speak about it? Wait yeah. a minute. Dr. Shiva was the first one to expose Fauci as an MIT PhD. And he ran the Fire Fauci campaign. What are you doing now, Rand Paul, a year later saying Fire Fauci? What are you doing, MDs, who are now making money off this grift? Where were you in 2020? So the good hey. news is people are saying, wait a minute. People are realizing when you expose stuff, and what you do matters. When did you do it? So that's why these people do not want. So the simple, it's, it's a very profound thing. If you're an independent like me, if you're an independent and you do the stuff first and you do all of it, which is not under their purview, they make you invisible because they always want to make people think everything comes from the swarm. And this is why the invention of email is so important. I never wanted credit for the invention of email. I wrote the code, named it email. I have the actual copyright slash patent, the equivalent of a patent at the time. But I wasn't taught to be a, a blowhard and, you know, pal my chest. 33 years later, when it goes into the Smithsonian, it creates this huge time bomb. Holy shit, he invented email. Not at MIT, not a part of the swarm. He did it in Newark, New Jersey. He did it independently of the military industrial academic complex. So they have to shun that, make it impossible, invisible. So my entire journey, Charlie, is very deeply personal. And that's why I connect with everyday people because the swarm over here does not want to give any credit to where real innovation comes from. It always comes bottoms up. Yeah, and it always gets stolen too by the people at the top who then claim credit for it and, and, when it's safe to, to, to discuss that. You talk about this stuff in 2020. It comes out. It's now safe to talk about. In 2023. Yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Rogan now wants to talk about election fraud. Right. Where the fuck were you, you know, in 20? Exactly. Now, and I that's why I believe Trump, Kennedy, Rogan, Musk, uh, these are all actors. 
They're fucking actors. And in fact, if you go through, all of them are connected with less than one degree of separation to a guy called Ari Emanuel. I am, uh, yeah, Endeavor. Endeavor. His brother is Rahm Emanuel. Ari Emanuel is Trump's agent, was Trump's agent. He's Joe Rogan's agent. I mean, they're like blocks away from where the Kennedys live. For those that don't know who Ari Emanuel is, but you know pop culture, the television show Entourage, in which Jeremy Piven played Ari, who is always screaming and yelling. That's Ari Emanuel. It's exactly. based on Ari Emanuel, based on the, the fiction the fictional character based on Mark Wahlberg, whose agent was Ari Emanuel. Yeah. Ar- so if you want to be anyone in, if you want to be anyone in Hollywood, you better suck off Ari Emanuel or you're done. Oh yeah. Okay. And you better yeah. suck off Endeavor and William Morris Agency. That's who they and be were. careful, but because they're, they're IDF connected as well. So yes, by getting in bed with them, you're getting in bed with right. with a foreign. It's power very very well. important to say, say this: Ari Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel are all part of the Zionist establishment in the United States, yes. and it's very very important to discuss this because when you're with them, you're in the club. So anyone who thinks Donald Trump is an agent of change. He's a fucking actor. And it's so obvious now to me, the guy's a fucking actor, right? The indictments, these are all acts, okay? It's acting. They have it written in a freaking scene. Scene two, act one. Okay, Trump, you will be indicted. Next scene, Joe Rogan, you will finally invite him and you'll talk about the deep state. Okay, fucker Carlson will get fired from Fox News. Rightfully so, he was fired because they had defamation on him malice because of the shit he was doing. Now you will go hang out with Alex Jones and claim you're a martyr. All right. Elon Musk, please step in now because we're going to present you as a fighter for free speech because, you know, our previous actor, Jack Dorsey, was just too fascist. We need you. So this is all. And by the way, Elon Musk was going to be put on the board of Endeavor. I don't think people. Yes. You see, I lived. The thing is, I've had almost like a Forrest Gump type life. I end up in these weird worlds that, and I leave these worlds. I ended up at the highest levels at MIT. I ended up at the highest levels in the Indian government and and was uh, almost uh, under death threats. I had to leave India. All these people think they're going to co-op me. My ability to achieve, my intelligence and my achievements get me into these places, but I hate these fucking guys. So I can't be co-opted. So I have to exit. I, you know, so I've had many, many worlds that I've been in. But because I never forgot, Charlie, where I came from, because I have great reverence for people like Mr. Walker and these working class people, and I hate these fuckers, I haven't been co-opted. So, but what I get really excited about is talking to guys like you and to mobilizing a movement to do a systems overhaul, because that's what is necessary. And you can't run away to a farm somewhere. You can't go and drink your raw milk and meditate under a thing. This ain't going to fucking do it, because your raw milk is getting shit from the environment. So you can't run away. The only future is we must mobilize a movement. And to mobilize a movement, like to create a motor or to create the iPhone, you need the science. Guess what? I figured out that science too. And now no one's got an excuse. Get educated or be enslaved. Yeah. How do we do this? Let me ask you. So there's a science behind it. There's a system. There's a process. How do we increase what has been taken from us. We have lost personal responsibility in this country. It's just been stripped away. People just 
the government will take care of it. Mom will take care of it. My teacher, whatever, whatever. It is, we've outsourced our critical thinking to people that we shouldn't be doing that with. We've given away a lot of our, a lot of what makes us, what is supposed to make us uh, the greatest nation on earth, right? As they say, this, this giving away of personal response. How, what do we do to, to try and wake people up to say, listen, you know, it's time to stop sitting around waiting for a handout from the government yeah, going to the education system and thinking that you're going to get an education at some bullshit school that's teaching common core and getting its funding from Gavin Newsom, because you've got to have the right number of books about my two daddies or whatever it is. You know, we, how are we going to get people out of this? Because we get sucked in. There's so many people that just fall into this trap of, Thinking is tough and thinking is difficult and I don't want to do it. And someone else can, I'm not qualified to think that person seems smart. They should let them think and, and I'll just do whatever they like. How do we get, shake the shit out of people so, and get them to take so some Charlie, responsibility? Here, here, here's a solution to that. Um, I don't know how much time we have. I wanted to play you a video of truth for the melt. So you understand the science, if that's okay. But before I go sure. there, what I wanted to let you know is, if you look at historical cycles, right, there's many, many different things. Today, we have anywhere between 20% to 25% of people who actually are change agents. Okay? So let's say 20%. 20% of people are people who want to have these conversations, actually want a better world, and actually want to do it. 50% of people are literally looking which way the ball bounces. They're watching right. the game. 30% of people are the real assholes. And the assholes are divided into the obvious establishment and the not so obvious establishment. And I can give you many reasons where I got these numbers from, if you want me to tell you. Well, yeah. 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 It's pretty, it's a nice round number. Yeah. 20, 50, 30. Yeah. So that adds up to hundred percent. Yeah. So strategically what our movement does is we're, we're about finding and organizing and mobilizing that 20%. I don't give a fuck about the 30%. If you see a guy wearing five masks, don't even argue with him. Go give him five more masks. If you see, <laughs> if he says he's got five boosters, give him some needles. Let him go get a lot of people, the 20%, the mistake they make is they, with some family member, they're arguing with them and they get worn out and then they get depressed. They go, fuck, the world sucks. No one's listening to me. Well, you're talking to a bunch of people who are never going to change the world anyway. The 50% will move when the 20% is mobilized. So this is the physics of it. Um, it's like a magnet. If I drop a bunch of iron filings, and if you want to move that magnet, you can't just move it too fast, right? It's not yeah. going to move anything. You have to get enough you know, movement so you can clump up enough the 20%, and then it'll drag the other 50% along, and then you have a bunch of shit that's left behind, okay? There's a physics here. There's a dynamics, a system's dynamics. So once we understand this, you make very clear decisions. And this occurs in a lot of uh, business organizations. You, you start a small company and you have a bunch of assholes. You got to just fire them overnight. And a lot of people, oh, wow, the sales guy's really good. You know, he just brought me in sale, but he's a fucking prick. He's gossiping. He's going to destroy your organization. doesn't matter what the short-term thing is. You got to get rid of them. So the 30% need to be decimated mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Okay. Mentally, you can't deal with them because they will drain you. So, yeah. so the first step is the 20%. Now, 
to organize that 20%, there's a physics. I want to play this video for you and your audience because Please. I see this. This is not uh, – let me, let me play this. I think I can – uh, I think I can have to share my screen. Yeah, I, think I enabled I, you too. Oh, you did? Okay, thank yeah. you. Let me uh, go over here. Can you see this? You can, can. see my screen? You can see my screen? Yep. Yes. Okay, so uh, here we go. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom truth freedom health third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game, 
and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com. make it very real right is that so here's um stop the screen here can you see me here yeah i just have to uh so when you um oops are you, you're still there right i'm still here okay yeah so let me show you something here what this actually looks like on the ground you know i've i i love going on the ground and actually uh handing out flyers believe it or not because I think it's a way to really uh, mobilize people, right? So if I were to show you, I want to show you one of these flyers here and everyone uh, of your people listening here. So so um, this is old school, Charlie. All right. You can yeah. get this in black and white and you see what it says, right? I don't know if you can read it. You see that? The lesser of two evils is killing your children. And then we have a graph right there. You see that? Yes. So this graph is the entire campaign. It basically says, look, the life expectancy of... Uh, your child is going to be less than you. And this has been occurring since 1980. It's not, it is not just COVID. All right. It's, it's a systems problem. It's a whole bunch of things, income inequality, people being under massive amount of stress, right? Physically, emotionally, uh, families breaking up, right? Obamacare, right? Uh, the transfer, it's a whole bunch of things. And those systems issues, I mean, what we say here is we say since the 1980s, the policies of the swarm, and I did this video everyone should see called The Swarm. You probably saw it. Um, it's a good video. It really explains who the elites are. The elites across left and right, Republican, Democrat, have destroyed America's life expectancy. The rest of the world will follow this same pattern. Every child on the planet will have a shorter lifespan. This is by design. This is what happens when we vote for the lesser of two evils. It's time for a systems overhaul. It's time for us to build a movement bottoms up led by us all right and what we've done is you know the old flyers when i used to put these out when i was 17 you didn't have qr code so each one of these is a portal it'll take you to understand what the yeah. swarm is so you know you'll see me out in the mornings at the tea station distributing that as a presidential candidate i've been doing this since i was 17. one page flyer man is so much more powerful 
than all the social media shit. The other thing we tell people to do is go get a bumper sticker, put it on the back windshield of your car. A hundred thousand people see these things. And why do I say that? Because we all work for a living. So we've had to create technology because our audience is at 20% who are hardworking people. They're not people right. just scamming at home playing video games, nor are they the bourgeois who go, you know, out and eat whatever it, you know, at Nobu and Malibu all day, right? Right. Ours is a very particular set of people. So we're mobilizing them. And the mobilization is the technology, which is to we give people the theory, right? Then we give people the assets, the so they can actually go engage and meet other people. And then we tell people, look, it's a, it's a lot of work. You know, my Thursdays are typically like a 20 hour day. You know, we do a whole open house for all of Europe and the rest of the world from 11 a.m., you know, and then I do one at 8 p.m. You know, and they're typically three hour open houses from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. for Asia and well as the United States. So this is a, a long game and a short game. It's to start that wave occurring, right? To catalyze yeah. that. But we are also now creating leaders. So we have leaders all over the world right now. People just come from backgrounds. We not only, they get the, you know, um, the reason I want to play that video is I want to encourage everyone that you don't have to go to MIT and spend 30 years like I did to understand system science. Learn it. I try to give it away for free. No one wanted it. So <laughs> we charge people a nominal amount. And then we said, by the way, after you take it, I want you to be a philanthropist. Give it away to as many children as you want. I went to India and I gave it away to like 1,500 kids in our village. So people are now understanding the world. Henry Kissinger understand this. Zivjanev Brzezinski understood this, okay? Soros yeah. is, a, is one of the uh, leaders in system science. He created reflexivity theory, right? So the elites are understanding this framework of how to manipulate people, but, but their goal is power, profit, control. But without enough people understanding this, it's like only one or five cavemen have fire and they're ruling the world. So the, yeah. I, I, the goal is to unleash fire, but it begins with education, Charlie. And that's why yeah, we does. have to do this. But without, so what I encourage people is go to truthfromhealth.com, become a warrior scholar, come to our open houses, get, download this flyer. We've open sourced it. Go to your library printer. You know, some libraries, you know, steal, rob, whatever you want. Get these flyers out. Give them to your family and friends because it lays out what the problem is, what is the swarm and what you have to do. So that's the future, man. This is how, this is 19, this is 1880, 1920s. And that's what they don't want to occur. Think about this, man. The last time there was a real powerful bottoms up movement, you know what it was? It was during right, it was occurring during the great upheaval, late 1800s, early 1900s. And boom, this pandemic comes, okay? Which was called the Spanish flu. Yeah. The elites know they have all the data. They know a bottoms up movement is coming. So that is why they are so insistent now. I mean, I had 250, 300,000 followers before fucking Kennedy was on Twitter. I mean, before I come back on and my followers went from 300,000 views per day down to 5,000 views per day and he's amplified. I mean, yeah. it's so obvious, man. So the bottom line is that they do not want one of us, us building these bottoms up movements. So they have to impose their heroes on us, fake heroes. Oh, we're going to give you Trump. We're going to, in fact, make him look like he's a martyr. It's yeah. all script. Remember WWE wrestling when you were a kid? The guy's getting bashed, and then suddenly he comes up, and he beats the other guy. That's what they're doing. I mean, this is mapped out, man. I'm sure Vince McMahon, Ari Emanuel, they all met in the fucking back room. And they said, this I is would, 
I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised. You know, there's a there's a there's an old Terrence McKenna quote. He says, uh, "If you don't have a plan, you become part of somebody else's plan." And yeah. so it seems like we, if we're going to make some changes in this world, we're going to need to get ourselves a plan. And you sure do have a plan. Where's the best place for people to find you, to support you, to take your work, to take this, to be, to get in on the plan? Yeah, basically, I think just to summarize, those who plan to fail, fail to plan. And that's what we're do doing. So number one, what I recommend people is go to truthfreedomhealth.com, okay? And know that we've put all of this knowledge here together for you. It's here. The second thing I recommend people is come every Thursdays at 11 a.m. or 8 p.m. They can go to vashiva.com slash orientation. We do an open house. Or shivaforpresident.com slash town hall, Okay. And that's at 8 p.m. The reason I recommend people come to this is it'll get people out of there. Um, woe is me. There's no one else gets me. You'll see all these people all over the world coming. So those are things that people can do, right? They can go get educated, you know, or be enslaved. In fact, the website is called, you know, truthfreedomhealth.com, get educated or be enslaved. So that's the first thing I recommend to people. The second thing um, I recommend, let me just show you that just for clarity where that is. Um, but truthfreedomhealth.com, we made it as a website and everything we do, Charlie, is a learn, teach and serve model. You learn, we want you to be a uh, sharer, we want you to share it with other people. So if people go to truthfreedomhealth.com, they can actually, where did I put that? I'm sorry, here we go. Um, I think I got to the, go to the desktop here. It's a little bit different. Okay, can you see the desktop there? I can't. Uh, yes, I can. Now. Okay. Yes. So right here. Okay. So people go here. This is truthfreedomhealth.com. People understand that just like the invention of email, truthfreedomhealth itself is a system. We have videos up there. People can get gear, but we have now over about half a million people in 120 countries. And that's with all the shadow banning, with all those videos I did, people come. And, and our heroes, Charlie, are, you know, electricians and plumbers and artists who will tell their story where they were, they were supporting Trump, then they figured the shit out or they were supporting Bernie Sanders, right? Um, and then we we win, we want, we want to inspire people. It was our lawsuit was the first federal injunction, right? We're the ones who expose the election signature flaws. So we have a history of winning when you take the systems approach, but we encourage people that just being on YouTube and consuming all this information is not gonna get you liberation. In fact, with all the information, there's more people feeling hopeless, you know, more obesity, more health issues. I mean, you can, and the, the reason is the elites are giving us information, but they drive it through this lens of ignorance, which may, makes people complacent or desperate. I'm going to get a gun and shoot people or into this left and right paradigm. And this is where the elites want you. And we educate people from a systems perspective. They have a motley of actors. I should add some more Tulsi Gabbard, right? They have like a whole, you know, minor league and farm league. And these are some of these characters, right? They, their job is to entertain people into ignorance. And the solution, we say the only way out of this, if you know this pyramid of wisdom, wisdom cannot come without knowledge. And knowledge is not information. Knowledge is the ability to connect things, see the interconnections. And when you get wisdom, we want people to get more active and innovative. They become leaders. They become gurus. You know, all these people want to worship gurus. It's a very bad thing. You have to become your own guru. Right. And that's why you tell people if you're ready and then you, we've created this whole thing. What does this involve? What involves knowledge? Right. The entire foundational course. Same thing I should teach at MIT. We have books. 
I mean, these are like books that took me 50 years to write, papers. We've also created a tool, it's all included, where you can understand that systems principles, if they're invariant, exist in the iPhone, they exist in this bottle of water, they exist in your body. And you can use those systems principles to find out what kind of system you are. What's the right exercises for you, diet for you? Everyone's unique. Why food is a system. And then as a good community program, we do continuing education. Every once in two months, we invite people, okay, let's look at cannabis. What's a real issue? What's a real source? Gun violence. Well, we take a systems perspective. Um, and then we have a portal where other people can teach others. So you learn it, you teach others. We have a woman who's an esthetician who is teaching a PhD out of University of Chicago system science. So we've made it accessible to anyone. I do one-on-ones, but most importantly, we have a community worldwide. People see, if you're in an airport and you see someone with Truth From Health gear, it's not like seeing a Nike logo. You go up to them, they're part of your community. Yeah. You get very, very excited. And then we want people to get on the ground. All of our flyers are in multiple languages, in Finnish and Nor Norwegian. There's a flyer in there, how you can educate people on the vaccine issue. And we go door to door with these. And then we've created our own technology. I've donated the data center I built here. We have our own version of Twitter, our own version of Facebook. But the bottom line is we've created these tools. So that's the first thing, truthfreedomhealth.com, because people have to get educated. If they don't get educated, they're living in la-la land. And, um, you know, they're basically unable to really appreciate all these things, right? They, it's all just theory to them, you know? So, you know, when they go to Truth Freedom Health, you know, they get access to, again, let me just, you know, they get access to all these tools, right? They get access to a community. They get access to amazing stories. They get access to a history of winning. They understand what the real problem is, that it's not information, that you have to overcome this fact that people are divided, complacent, or desperate, and people get an awakening that the people that are manipulating us are the Saad gurus, are, are the Trumps, are the Bernie Sanders. It's not the obvious establishment. And the only way out of this is through knowledge. And you have to understand systems. You have to let go. You have to decide, do you want to lead? And to your point, Charlie, we don't need everyone, okay? 20%, mm -hmm. right? And so they take the course. They, they have access to the books. They have access to the community. They get truth. They get healthy. They get more freer. And that's, so we walk the walk in this. And it's a deliberate process. Um, is It's a lot of hard work. This should have been done eons ago, right? Our parents should have done this, but they didn't. So we have to do now this hard work of rebuilding these movements. The second thing is I decided to run for president. And that goal, Charlie, was to give people a real alternative, right? Not the left versus the right, the obvious and the not so obvious. So people can go to shebaforpresident.com. Again, a simple action. We all work for a living. If you don't have time, just take a little bumper sticker, put it on the back windshield of your car. Why? 100,000 people see it per day. So you think you do that for 300 days, you get 30 million views. That's more than you can get on Twitter. The more adventurous person can go, we've opened sources, download the flyer, go to your local grocery shop, meet a friend, hand this out, say, look, this is what's really fucking going on. Look at that yeah, curve. Yeah. It's like it <laughs> distills everything. It doesn't matter any of these fools, whether it was Reagan, whether it was Biden, whether it was Clinton, whether it was Trump, they've all contributed to this destructive. This is not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we've gotten our messaging very tight and we go, and that's why we say we need a systems overhaul. You cannot be electing one idiot or another idiot or Trump or Kennedy or Biden. We need a systems overhaul. 
So fortunately, I'm here. We have a movement. So the issue is like, you can't moan. And so it's, it's a very interesting thing because the people are yeah. coming to us now in 2023, man, they're really bright people like you. Like we had a guy who's a medical doctor out on the West Coast who had seen a video with fucking Rogan who gives, and he knows I'm around, he follows me. He gives Kennedy three hours. If he gave me 30 minutes, probably half of Joe Rogan's audience would leave because they'd realize how much bullshitting he's been doing. But this guy saw Rogan and he goes, oh my God, Kennedy was great. And then somehow, and hopefully that's why someone someone will come across this video, Charlie, but he saw yeah. Rogan's video, my video where I'm attacking Rogan, exposing everything I just shared with you, parts of it, and exposing Kennedy. And he goes, for two days, I couldn't sleep. I had cognitive dissonance. But I realized everything you were freaking saying was on target. And then he, he's now become a warrior scholar. You see? So we're winning over this very interesting group of people. And we don't give a fuck about morons. Let them, no. we, we, can't, we don't care. If they have a problem with my cursing, well, fuck off. It's, I know. We so, can't work with those people. I'm not worried about them. Those people will drag you down. I'm worried about the people we can reach. I've had to do that too. I've had to prioritize. I could lecture some guy that doesn't want to hear about something. I'd rather talk to people that are interested. I'd rather ask the question, hey, man, what do you think about this? You know, and get right. them to, to, to talk about it. And, oh, well, I've never thought about that before. Well, let's talk about this. Get them to, to, to explore some ideas as opposed to the, you know, the people that are like, well, it's, you know, it's seven o'clock. It's time for, for, for Hannity. I'm going to listen to Hannity, even though he's wearing a CIA lapel pin on his suit every night. I mean, so I prior, I, I'm done. I'm, I hear you. I'm with you. I'm done working on the, the people that will never understand this. I'm prioritizing my time and my effort, my sanity, all those things. So I'm yeah. really glad you came on. I appreciate you. It's nice to have, it's nice to have somebody come into this uh, with an explanation. We all know that something's broken. We all, all know that the system needs oil or whatever, you know, there's something, it's overheating, it's smoking, the, the, you know, there's something wrong, but it's nice to have somebody with your background come in and really well, just- Well, the bottom line, Charlie, what I enjoy doing is taking on a problem and solving it. And if, you know, in closing, what I'd like to say is the elites fear, what they fear the most is they do not want solutions being created by the people for the people. They do not want us innovating. They don't want innovations by the people for the people. So the invention of email was done by me, not in a military environment like MIT, but it was done helping these secretaries move from the typewriter to the keyboard. It was a civilian problem I saw, right? What they were doing was one-way text messaging, which was military command stuff. That's not email. And they try to later try to conflate that. But they take solutions that come bottoms up, which are created by the people for the people, and they try to own them. Okay? So Philo Farnsworth created TV. It was created bottoms up on a farm in Franklin, Idaho. Maxwell's equations, ultimately, Michael Faraday was a working class guy. He's the one who figured out a lot of the stuff. So anytime things come from one of us bottoms up, because all great things actually come from the edges. Nothing comes from the center. It's a very important thing. You look at the cell, all the really wonderful activities occurring in the membrane. The DNA is just storage. The old model was, oh, the DNA is a control and command center. It's bullshit. So the elites have this very fucked up model that all things come from the center and things go out. 
You see, the Vatican is the center. The Earth is the center of the universe. Well, the solar system is moving around something else, right? The point is that there's no center. It's a really fascinating concept. And I have that in System and Revolution. It dawned on me, wait a minute. I went to the center of so-called technology, which was MIT. But what the fuck? I invented email before I went to that. It was done in the edges. It was done in this the edge of uh, Newark, New Jersey. Philo Farnsworth did not create TV. was not done at Stanford. It was done by a 14-year-old boy in Franklin, Idaho, watching how the cows did this pattern, the Z pattern, to create the raster scan. You see, when you really unveil all of this, all great shit is coming from us. Great technology is coming by the people for the people. So they subvert this model and they make it assume they did everything because they have to make us bow down back to them. But if you go innovation after innovation after innovation, after even great art, great music, right? I mean, Van, none of Van Gogh's stuff. Van Gogh was doing, you know, these amazing paintings. If you go to the, uh, you know, the Van Gogh Museum or, the, you know, of people's lives, he wasn't even known at his time. You know, art and innovation fundamentally are the movement of people. So they have subverted this whole concept of who is creative, right? And they centralize it in Hollywood. So what they're doing is fundamentally demeaning humanity because God knows how many other 14-year-old kids are out there who could do wonderful things in the edges. So they have to always centralize it. Oh, yeah. so when I look back at my own history, I did shit before I came to MIT. In many ways, MIT and Harvard and all these institutions, they actually go recruit these working class kids, they bring them to the center, put their stamp of approval and they co-opt them and they say, see, we did it when all the shit was actually done before them. So this is the thing. It's like the elites hate innovation being done by the people for the people. All, yeah. There were all these internet service providers. Remember them in 1990s, small local sure. guys. And then they centralized them all into AT&T, Amazon, few people, right? They all do the hosting. There were many, many websites. Now there's only everyone puts everything on Facebook and and, uh, you know, YouTube. So everything is about centralizing innovation and they do not want innovation coming by the people for the people. And that's why it blows their mind when a guy like me who has all the stuff at MIT stood firm when they were and said, no, no, no. Yeah, I did all these things at MIT, but you don't own innovation. Email actually occurred before I came to MIT. That's why they're so angry about it. They're not yeah. angry by the facts. And they're also angry that I remember where I came from and I fight for it, right? So we really need to understand this concept that innovation is people's DNA. We as people are always creating stuff for, to advance ourselves. They come in and pluck those innovations out, rebranded as theirs and try to own it. It's literally, the, the it's like it's like the most... Um, it's, it's the most centralized form of plagiarism. They're plagiarizing from everyday people every day because they cannot have the narrative, hey, people do shit because they love people. Like email was not created to blow up people. Email was done to help <laughs> these secretaries. They must always brand everything as theirs. Like great mm -hmm. art must only come from them. And a lot of, you know, not that great art's coming out anymore. Yeah, we, well, listen, that we had a president who said he was going to make America great again. And a lot of people believed him, you know what I mean? So people, people, people can fall into these traps, but I'll tell you what, for everybody that, that listens or watches this episode, I'll tell you what, they're going to feel like me. Like they, like as soon as they're done here, they're going to go run through a brick wall.
You know, we can do it. We can take the power back. That's Dr. Shiva, everybody. Follow his work. All of the links will be down in the show notes for people that want to connect with him easily. Um, you can, if you like this episode, take the additional step right now of sharing it with your friends and family. Get the word out, just like Dr. Shiva was talking about. If you want to connect with me, the website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Macroaggressions. Thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Charlie. Recording Great work. stopped. Oh, Shiva, you killed it. My God, man. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, Charlie, is we have figured out how to do a systems overhaul, man. It is like yeah. everything I create, you have to do the science and then you have to do the engineering, then you have to mobilize people. When I created everything I've done, you you figure out what is the problem, you come up with the solution, and you're constantly iterating, right? So yeah. if we want to destroy the swarm or shatter the swarm, as I like to say it, what is the science? We have the science. How do we mobilize people? How do we educate people? And people need to be motivated. If they keep seeing that they're losing, that's why we have the community. That's why we do the open house. And that's why we decided that we have to, we put the winnings like, hey, look, we did this and we did this. We exposed Fauci first. People say, wait a minute. These guys are like, are they black magicians? Why are they able to see the future? And anyone can do that once you understand systems principles. But we're at a very, I think we're at a very extraordinary time in human history because typically they have the obvious establishment which is fascism or the not so obvious. And that's what they've been doing. But because we exist right now, Charlie, they're fucked and they know that. Yeah. And so their only yeah. thing is to make me invisible. But everyone <laughs> who's watching this can say, wait a minute. The fact that fucker Carlson doesn't cover us shows them fucker Carlson's full of shit. Why didn't he cover us two years ago? He's the one who did the most important federal lawsuit. Why is every, why didn't a Trump, you know, March 2020, they can see the letter we're sending to Trump. Fire Fauci. We gave him 120,000 signatures. Why are doctors coming two years late, three years later? Like, what is all these people now getting with the program? When it's safe, now now it's established to be a little bit critical of this. You know, right. mistakes were made. They go to the Rumsfeld. Mistakes were made. We're not living in the past. We're charting a course forward. Right. We can't dwell on the past. And you're like, no, no, I got plenty of time to dwell on the past, especially with regard to COVID and the vaccines and the lockdowns. I got all the time in the world to dwell in the past and bring these people up and 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 make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. Yeah, and I think then you have to see what's happening now. What's happening now is what we're talking about predicting the future. What's happening now is they're teeing up the not so obvious establishment, the Kennedys yeah. and the Trumps to sucker people back in. And they're saying all the right things. 90% of it's stolen from us. When I decided <laughs> to run, first call I got a few days later was from Trump's office. Hey, what are you up to, Dr. Shiva? What the fuck am that's I up to? Been, like that's been, what do you what do you what do you mean? What am I up to? I'm up right. to taking I'm up I'm up to cutting your legs out from under you. That's what we need to do. <laughs> but I'm up to. That's what we need to do. And and the nice thing is we have the system in place to cut their legs out. And it's all yeah. built. We just need to grow it. Um there you go. I'll let you go. Right. I appreciate thanks, you. Thanks, man. Be well. I'll send, Thank you. You. I'll send everybody the links when it's up. Let's thanks. Thanks so much, Doctor. Be well. Thank you for all your work. Okay, be bye. well. Bye bye. All right, everyone. So that was Charlie Robinson. I want to play you a video before we sign off and we'll see if there's any questions. Just remember, everyone out there, go to shivaforpresident.com. Um, do it for yourself and your family. You have a real alternative, which is you. Um, we've created an amazing movement, Truth, Freedom, Health. This is a movement. We need to get on the ballot in every state. The simple thing you can go to is go to shivaforpresident.com, order one of these bumper stickers. You know, they're like five bucks. 
You can get more, give it to your friends, but make sure people put it on the back of their windshield. 100,000 people see it. Educate your friends and family. Go to the download section on AchieverForPresident.com. Get this flyer, um, download it. And you can, this is, this flyer is, you can give it to anyone on the planet. It brings up this fundamental pattern that we need a systems overhaul. They have, as a graph shows, your child right now in the United States will have a shorter lifespan than you. And this is something that's gone on for 60, 70 years. This is not just happened overnight. And it's the policies of the swarm. It's the policies of the elites that has done this. And if you're going to vote for the lesser of two evils, you're basically committing suicide. And frankly, I would say sort of a long-term murder to your own child because you're cutting their lifespan short. We need a systems overhaul. We have the way to execute that systems overhaul. And it's you. How do you start? Become part of the campaign. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Become a warrior scholar. And finally, come to our open houses that we do on Thursdays at 11 or 8, and also come to the um, uh, the town halls that I do at shivaforpresident.com slash um, uh, town hall, shivaforpresident.com slash town hall. I always like to inspire you guys. Let me play you our campaign video. It's a great video. Here we go. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remain safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science. Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit. 
exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Charlie Robinson. Everyone get off your butt. Go get a bumper sticker. Go to shivaforpresident.com. Go become a Truth for Health Warrior Scholar. I've created the university for you. It's pennies. Uh, and you can give it away once you graduate. Give it away as many children as you want so you get to be a philanthropist. So please, please, for your own sake, um, don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. And the fact, like, when you understand what the elites are doing, look at that graph. The lesser of who's is kill, killing your children. So if you don't do it for me, don't do it for yourself. Do it for your children. Be well, be the light. Thank you.